we are to accept each other and the differences that we have because God didn't make all of us alike. Did He? We are unique. We are unique individuals in every particular way. No two persons have the same fingerprint. Think about that for a minute. Of all the billions of people in the world, no two people have the same fingerprint. We're different. And that brings us to the first question then on our sheets. On page 139, how do you decide what's not worth arguing about? How do you decide what's not worth arguing? Or some people like to argue. Huh? 137? Yeah. Well, I probably get the wrong number then. But if the question is right, right? Yeah. What is it worth? How do you decide what's not worth arguing about? In other words, when you're confronted a, a, with, with the possibility of arguing about something, how do you decide that you're not going to get into this? Well, I don't have the sheet burning, but from what I know, you decide whether it, is it worth, is it going to accomplish anything, is it going to make my life better, or is it going to make things worse, or is it going to make me a tunnel bearer, or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Same thing he's going to say. All right. Yeah. You think about it first. Is it worth getting into this? What kind of problems this is going to cause? It's going to create greater tensions. Until we think about it. The point. Page one forty. You got that's right now, right? Page one forty. One thirty. See, just <laughs> the numbers are off here. Okay. Uh, the point. What is the point? At the top of the page. Strong relationships are not hindered by differences of opinion. Okay. Strong relationships are not hindered by differences of opinion. Okay. Now, that doesn't work for everybody because sometimes a person has a strong opinion and that affects their relationship with the person who they have a difference of opinion with. And so Paul's saying what the challenge is here is that strong relationships should not hinder or challenge our relationships or, or strain our relationships. Okay, let's have someone read the Bible meets word meets life. In a perfect world, everyone would agree with me. Everyone would bring up their kids like I do. Everyone would vote for the candidates I endorse. Unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. People don't always see eye to eye. So the question for each of us is, how should we Okay, now let's look at what the Bible has to say. Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. Someone read that, please. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to fall over any. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? 
It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Okay. Thank you. Paul directed his opening exhortation in Romans to mature believers, believers who had grown up in the faith, okay, uh, who had been around for a while but not matured because of the length of time, but matured because of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. These Christians needed to take the initiative to accept believers whom Paul referred to as weak in the faith. These weaker members likely were Christians with a background in Judaism. They struggled with the issue of how to apply the doctrine of righteousness by faith to their daily lives. It's a major struggle. Every day they struggle with that. And so Paul encouraged mature Christians to avoid getting into arguments with their fellow church members over doubtful issues. We would call them menial issues or minor issues. Paul's plea certainly doesn't apply to the gospel or moral issues such as sexual impurity or integrity in relationships because he had just issued a stinging or ringing call for believers to live according to the highest standards that God has set for us in chapter 13 uh, of Romans. In the secondary matters, however, believers are to accept one another or accept anyone who is a person of faith no matter how weak that person may be from their perspective or from a general perspective. The verb accepts means to receive or to welcome. Of course, we know what that means, right? This is an imperative. In other words, it's a command that believers cannot ignore or they should not ignore, even though some of them do. To accept those who are weak in the faith over doubtful issues means to affirm that they are Christians and to welcome opportunities to fellowship with them. Now the opposite of accepting believers is shunning them, okay? Pushing them away, disregarding them. And Paul recognized that there could be situations when that disassociation is warranted. Because he mentions that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 9 to 11. So there are occasions when you do that, but in, in a general sense, we are to welcome those who are weak in the faith and do what we can to help them to be strong like we are. Next question. Question two. What does question two say? Why is it so tempting to pick apart the opinions of others? Why? Why is it so tempting to pick apart or pick to pieces? The opinions of others. Someone have an opinion that you don't agree with, and you pick that to pieces, and you make them feel really bad, like they don't worth, they're not worth anything. So why is it so tempting to do that? What do you think? People try to show their superiority in most cases. Exactly. They try to show that they are more superior than the other person is, and to show that person up as being lower or stupid in some cases, and so it's, it's tempting for others to do that, and it's something that uh, we are challenged with, and we need to be mindful, even though you, you may be the smarter one. It doesn't mean you need to show it in a way that makes the other person look small, or look bad, okay? That's the point that this question is addressing. Okay, let's have someone read the paragraphs on, on uh, is it page 140 or 139? <laughs> 
140. Yeah. Okay, got it right that time. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. 14 indicates rival groups were popping out inside the church. Members were joining forces according to their personal persuasions and preferences. This division was wrong and out of place, especially since they were arguing over petty things. They were arguing over foods and festivals. What food should we eat and not eat? What food should we celebrate on our calendar? Uh, I'm just sorry. What day should we? I was just. <laughs> what day should we celebrate on our calendar? I know you was going to get it right. <laughs> okay. Paul made a referred to these two groups as the weaker and the stronger. See Romans 15:1. What made one group stronger was their spiritual maturity. They rightly understood Christian liberty. They understood what that whether a person ate meat or only vegetables and what day another person considered holy did not point to disobedience or lack of love and commitment and grace. The weaker party included Christians who had grown up week after week with rules and practices that were deeply ingrained. Some may also have come from pagan backgrounds and thus believed the food sold in the markets were corrupt, was corrupt. These believers were every bit as saved as the stronger believers. They were committed followers of Christ, but their consciences kept them from embracing new freedoms. Both group groups were guilty of a critical spirit. Rather than running each other down and resenting one another's positions, Paul challenged them to welcome each other. The word welcome carries the idea of welcoming other people and being generous towards them. The world defines acceptance as a full affirmation, even endorsement of a person's belief and practices. The Bible doesn't use the word welcome as a command to condone sin. Instead, it is, it's the desire to stay close relationally even when two or more parties see things differently. In Romans 14, Paul was addressing gray areas in the Christian life. Still, in verse 4, he made it plain that each of us will have to answer to God for the way we live. God isn't going to ask you what you thought about another person's action. God is the Lord and judge over your neighbors, not you. Amen. All right, let's look at some key points there in that passage, in that, that, those paragraphs that we need to keep in mind. And the first one is that Romans 14 indicates that rival groups were popping up inside the church. Members were joining forces according to their personal persuasions and preferences. Don't we see that happening today? That happens in every single church. It's happening today. That is very, very relevant to what we see happening today, and, and that shouldn't be happening. The next key point we want to point out is both groups were guilty of a critical spirit. And that's only, that critical spirit is, is, is motivated by the devil himself. Rather than running, to, running each other down and resenting one another's position, Paul challenged them to welcome each other. Okay? Welcome, rather than reject. 
or criticize or condemn. And then the third key point is God isn't going to ask you what you thought about another person's actions. Think God's going to ask you that? <laughs> God is the Lord and the judge over your neighbor is not you. And that's why the Bible tells us, judge not that you be not judged. You know, we go around judging people and when, when someone judges us, we get upset. Okay? God is the one who judges, not us. <laughs> so those key points we want to keep in mind. Question number three. What does it say? What current issues provide opportunities for Christ followers to treat one another with patience and understanding? Okay. So what are the what are some of the current issues that allow us to have the opportunity to treat one another with patience and understanding? What, you, what, what are some of those things that you could think of off the top of your head? Current issues. Lack of funds. Lack of money. Lack of funds. Okay. Lack of money. People have bills they can't pay. Mm-hmm. Well, really, you don't know what people are going through. Right. You don't know what people are going through, so... Judging and condemning. Wow. Right. Okay. I feel very strongly about this. I think that the IQ of the individual, you should look at the IQ of the individual to see where <laughs> Okay, so you know what to expect. Yes. Okay, that's... <laughs> as long as you don't say that. Because see, you, you can look at the person's uh, uh, IQ, and you could determine, okay, that, that's what that person is like. Okay, so you know what to expect from them because of their IQ. But you need to be careful not to comment on that because you put yourself in the position that Paul is now addressing. They'll drag you down to their level and then defeat you because they got experience. <laughs> <laughs> you got experience at that age. Yeah. Okay, but that's a good point. Uh, the person's IQ. All right. Um, anything else that we could think of? that provide current issues that provide opportunities for us as believers to treat one another with patience and understanding. Uh, well, I mean, that's what God, uh, the Lord tells you to do, number one, is to be patient and understanding. There's a passage that says, bear with one another, right? Uh, and, it, and, and interpreted means tolerate. Now, some people are hard to tolerate, right? You know, they kind of, you rub you the wrong way. Uh, uh, but the Bible says you've got to tolerate them. You know, you've got you to live with them. Uh, you know, Peter had, a, Peter had a reputation of putting his foot in his mouth. Huh? Love covers the multitude. You see, and if you do it from that perspective, then you're not going to have major issues. Okay? Shouldn't expect them to be on the level of maybe somebody has been saved 50 years. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they, maybe they've not learned like different things that Christians should do, like maybe. And 
Yeah, the patience and understanding will help them to grow. But if you keep beating them up all the time, browbeating them, then then they're not they're not going to go anywhere. In fact, they may get discouraged uh, with their newfound faith, and that's one of the problems that Paul is addressing when he would, that they had in the in the church at Rome, where uh, the new believers were coming in, and uh, there were believers who came from Judaism, and they had their issues that you know that they practiced before. And so others were, were criticizing, condemning them because of their previous practices that they brought with them, uh, without realizing that they were new in the faith and they needed time to grow in their faith. And so the mature ones were saying that you know, it wasn't giving them time. Another good point, Randy, is sometimes when you're dealing with someone that you know you know more than they do, brag on them on the things that they do do well. Give them credit or commend them. A little bit of honor, mm-hmm. and you gain a friend, and you'll be able to explain these other things to them. Yeah, they'll be open. You're not, you're not winning them if you criticize them. Exactly, uh, exactly. Okay, so you could you criti- you 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 commend them for what they have done, what they're doing right, right, and you open the door for them to listen to you uh, with constructive criticism, which you would which you would have. Okay, um, pass forward to Romans. Uh, 14 verses 13 to 15. Someone read those verses. Verses. Uh, we have similar words uh, from the Apostle Paul on the need for mutual consideration. Uh, Romans chapter 14 verses 13 to 15. I don't want to be dangerous. Go right ahead. Okay, nobody else. If they can't beat you to it, you go for it. So if you want to be here, go back. Go back. Romans 14, 13, 15. Paul didn't let the stronger group off the hook completely. He challenged these believers not to be insensitive and flaunt their freedom. Oh, read the passage. It's description. Uh, sorry, I meant the scripture references. Uh, yeah, verses... Verses 13 to 15. Oh, you mean out the Bible? Yes, yes, the passage, yeah. I didn't have it, so anybody got it, read it. You read it. Okay, I'll read it. Okay, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. Now, what does that indicate? That you're doing it, right? In other words, it's saying stop doing it. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. I know, and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. Verse 15, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Like our brother in the back there said, love covers a multitude. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom Christ, for whom Christ has died. Notice that? Some people say, well, that's his problem if, I don't, if he don't like what I eat, or he don't like this. That's his problem, let him deal with it. Okay, but if, you, if what you're doing is offending another brother, you are hindering them in their Christian walk. In their faith. You're not helping that weak brother to go strong. Okay, so you ought to stop doing it. Now, sometimes it's difficult for people to do that. You know, someone may not like uh, the, the, the 
the type of clothes that you wear or some particular clothing that you wear, it's offensive to them. And they said, you know, if they are open enough to come to you and say, you know, that's that really in you. You know, what are you going to say? Well, that's my clothes. You don't like it? You do the next best thing. Okay? What do you do? What do you do? Do you help that brother say, okay, I understand. I would not, if this offends you, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't wear it. Okay? That happens. Have you met anybody here? Yeah, yeah. My, my best <laughs> friend and I do a, in the state shop, and then she'll tell me where something doesn't look nice. And I'll tell her that we accept it like that. Right, there you go. Okay? Neither of you got offended by what the other did, said, right? No. Okay, well, that's what he's talking about here. Uh, when he talks about if what you do, whether it's eating or whatever you do, offends another brother or sister, then you don't want to do that. Uh, destroy refers to causing spiritual damage by encouraging fellow Christians to ignore or violate their consciences. See that? And that's what he's challenging us with. Morning. No. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Paul called on mature Christians to lead the way in building unity in the church by refraining from petty criticisms of weaker church members. And his reminder that believers should no longer criticize one another. In other words, he says, you're doing it, stop doing it. Or if you've been doing it, stop doing it. Okay. Uh, on page 141, we have a, an exercise there. Complete the activity, gray areas. Seeking common ground is necessary for handling differences of opinion. How could followers of Jesus establish common ground in the midst of these disagreements. Choose two. Husband and wife have different opinions on the best way to discipline their child. Several members of a congregation dislike the song selections and style of their new worship leader. Think we've been there? <laughs> Two friends disagree on whether it's acceptable for Christians to purchase luxury cars. Which of two of those would you select as being more common? Yeah. Well, the husband and wife discipline the child. Husband and wife discipline the child? And what's the boy I mean, that will lead to trouble. If they're not on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? What she said is true. I've seen many families, the husband and wife are completely different, and it causes a lot of problems. Right. Children end up brats. Yeah. Yeah. They disagree. They should never disagree. They should settle their differences of opinions before they actually... At least the child should know they disagree. Because he's going to play on the other one that, that favors them. Or her. The boys would come to me and say, Daddy, can I do this? Can I do I said, what did your mother say? Exactly. He said, Mommy said no. I said, well, then it's no. Uh, I do it all the time. You never go against your mate. Yeah. Unless it's something really terrible, then you meet with her and get that straight. Yeah, because see, they know 
They know whether one parent is going to give them the proof and the other one isn't. And they will keep trying you. Yep, they will. They will. Yeah, that happens all the time. Try it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that one is a popular, popular one. What's the, what's the other one? Well, the several methods of a congregation to do with the song, because the co-op thing, and the people can afford it, that's their business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, the congregation thing, well, you come to a medium to you sing songs for different, you know, some like songs, some mm -hmm. like Praises, praises, I like praises. Yeah, variety. He likes songs, so you do both. Yeah, Right, so you don't condemn persons who don't like one style of music if you like a different style. Okay, because God is a God of variety. God made us all different. He made creation in a different diversity, and so we should accept and not allow it to be a means of contention. The core, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, it should be being biblical or not should be the grounds for which you would defend what you what you want to listen to. Okay. Very good point. They have these seven eleven songs. They get seven words and sing it eleven times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some of them make sense, some don't. Right. Mm. And of course, the 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 person who is in, in uh, who is leading the worship would indeed be a person who would seek the Lord's guidance and direction in terms of what is appropriate or not. And uh, and of course, you don't have that in every church. You know, um, anything goes. What do you say? Buck up, whatever buck up goes. Uh, so it really is not is not. Uh, Once they don't start dancing to the Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's read. Let's read the uh, uh, the paragraphs on page one forty two. Let's see what it says here about. Hold and let the stronger group that's, that's yeah. Uh-huh. He challenged these believers not to be insensitive and flaunt their freedoms. He commanded them to avoid offending others. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Before my kids were old enough to pick up after themselves, they would leave their blocks, cars, and assorted jacket toy, toys scattered across the floor. 
It only took one disastrous trip to the fridge and the dog for me to realize the pain of a stumbling block. Ouch. <laughs> of course I couldn't be angry at my baby boys for causing me to eat coffee. <laughs> they didn't know any better. Unfortunately, many Christians are fully aware they're putting down stumbling blocks. They know some Christians see a particular activity as offensive, but they don't care. They're going to do it anyway. Mm. Out of respect for others, mature Christians will restrict their freedom, removing anything from their lives that would cause others to feel wounded in their conscience. All personal relationships should trump our personal freedoms. In other words, the strong should move towards the weak. Maybe you're wondering, isn't it wrong to compromise compromise my values because of what others think? That's a good question, but that's not what Paul is advocating in these verses. Whenever we consider the needs and consciences of others we, as we make adjustments to our lives, we're demonstrating <coughs> maturity more than compromise. We're rightly placing relationships on a higher priority priority than their differences of opinion. Okay, now notice what the, what the fourth paragraph says. It says, out of respect for others, mature Christians will restrict their freedom, removing anything from their lives that would cause others to feel wounded in their conscience. And the point is, our personal relationships should trump our personal freedoms. And that doesn't go too well for some people, because they figure their freedom is their freedom. I'm free. I live in a free world. I'm free to do this. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I can do whatever I feel like. Okay? But again, the challenge is our personal relationships should trump our personal freedoms. Okay, the next question, as we move quickly here, because we got to close. How do you balance enjoying your freedom and avoiding stumbling blocks? How do you balance... Enjoying your freedom and avoiding stumbling blocks. Look for the set of line of common sense. Hmm? <laughs> look for the common line of look for the line of common sense. And that ain't too common. Conversation it is. There is common sense that's there. Look okay. <laughs> okay. Good point. Let Jesus be seen in your actions. Let Jesus be seen in your actions. Okay. All right. Verses uh, 16 to 19. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken evil of. We've heard that many times, right? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. What do we pursue? What makes for peace and mutual upbringing? Okay, let's look then at uh, live it out. How do we live what we've seen so far in this study out? First, extend grace. Be on the lookout for those whose actions go against your convictions and choose to forgive. Seek a relationship rather than standing in judgment. Okay, so the first one is extend grace. Second one, let go. If your habit or preference, if your habit or preference has become a stumbling block, 
for someone you care about, let it go. And then third, agree to disagree. We say that a lot, don't we? But do we really mean it? Seek a meeting with someone who disagrees with you on an important issue. Voice your desire to maintain your relationship with that person in spite of your differing opinions. Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. People do it all the time. You know, we had expressed, okay, you disagree, I disagree. Let's agree to disagree and move on. Your relationships are more important than your opinions. Love Christ by loving other people more than loving your rights or opinions. Doing so is a big step toward a more perfect world. Okay, you want a, want a, want a perfect world? And that's the first step in getting there. It's not going to be completely perfect until Jesus comes, but you're moving in that direction. Amen? Amen.